following sermon audio is from Love City Church, Cincinnati. More audio and information about Love City Church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org. So there's a lot of different things uh, churches do with days like today. It's the last Sunday of the year. It's the day right after Christmas. So I know there's some congregations elected not to gather. And, you know, we didn't have a Christmas Eve service. And this is the last service of the year. So what we've chosen to do is something a little different than normal. And so you may have noticed the children are in here with us. Um, We did send an email at the beginning of the week letting everyone know we're going to do a family style service. And so that means we got the kids in with us. I'm going to uh, read some verses and offer a, a short reflection on those. We'll take communion together, sing some more. And so this will be a shortened service, but uh, I'm really excited the kids get to be in here and, and worship with us today. And uh, as I said in the email, if the kids get a little noisy, that's all right. I'm loud and I have a microphone, so we're going to be okay. Amen. So uh, if you would, please turn with me to Acts chapter 1. We're going to look at verses 1 through 11. And uh, today we're going to continue uh, and kind of cap off our Hark series. We were tracing the angelic announcements uh, around the birth of Christ uh, for that series. And we're going to finish today with one more angelic announcement that instead of pointing us backwards to remembering uh, the faithfulness of God and sending Jesus to be born of the Virgin Mary, we're going to be looking forward uh, to another promise today. And so, uh, as I said, Acts chapter 1, and we're looking at verses 1 through 11. Okay, here we go. The first account I composed, Theophilus, about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up to heaven after he had, by the Holy Spirit, given orders to the apostles whom he had chosen. So here, Luke, the the author of Acts, is referring to the gospel of Luke as that first account. So now he's writing another to go from from the, the point where Jesus, you know, died, was buried, raised, Now we're going forward to see what happens now. So that's, we're busting into the book of Acts here. To these he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many convincing proofs, appearing to them over a period of 40 days and speaking of the things concerning the kingdom of God. Gathering them together, he commanded them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait for that which the Father had promised, which he said, you heard of from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they were asking him, saying, Lord, is it at this time you're restoring the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or epochs which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. And after he said these things, he was lifted up while they were looking on, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And as they were gazing intently into the sky while he was going, behold, two men in white clothing stood beside them. They, said, they also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into the sky? This Jesus who has been taken up from you into heaven will come in just the same way as you have watched him go into heaven. Praise God for his word. Amen. And so we've been reading all month long, all through Advent, about people that were, they were waiting after 400 years of prophetic silence from the Lord for this coming Messiah. 
and you may have thought if, if you were in that day, there were surely many that did. It's, it's, it's not even reasonable at this point. We, the prophets haven't said anything for 400 years. We've been hearing about this Messiah for so long. Where is he? But there's the, that's part of the beauty of Advent is we're looking back to this reality that God absolutely was faithful. He did everything he said he would, starting with the word he spoke to the serpent in Genesis 3, right? There's a seed coming of, the, of woman, which is a weird way to talk about it, that's going to crush the head of this serpent that tempted God's children to disobey him. And so we've, we've been looking at, throughout Advent at, at the fulfillment of this first promise, there were so many prophecies we looked at that pointed to the specifics of how that would be done. And here, it's, these angels are just repeating something that Jesus had already said. He had told his disciples that he was going to be arrested, he was going to be murdered, he was going to also rise from the grave. And at this point, he's done that. We just read that he ascended into heaven. And then you got the disciples standing there like, is he, is he coming back? <laughs> what, what, what do we do now? And so we need some angels to pop up and say, hey, guys, fellas, remember, he told you this was going to happen. And here's the key. He's going to come back just like you see him go now. And friends, that's, you know, like I said, I'm I'm not giving myself much time today. I want to offer this reflection. I want us to just be thinking about this as we move into this week, but also as we transition into this next year, okay? Because you and I, we all know, it's been a wild couple years for a variety of reasons. And this promise that Jesus will return, it, our, our, our ability to stand on that should be so strengthened by our reflection on the first part of Advent that Jesus has come. It should help us to stand in faithful, anxious anticipation for the reality that when he said he'll come again, he will. And I know some of us may be standing here today in the same place that some of those were in that day. Man, it's... It's becoming unreasonable to believe this promise will be fulfilled. It's been 400 years of prophetic silence. We may be looking at the round of the world today. We may be looking at the time between Jesus' ascension and and this this coming again that we're looking towards, and we might say, man, does it make sense to still believe this? Yes. Yes, it does. And what I want you to question yourself on, what I want you to think about and reflect on and and really push into, into what you can even understand about how your heart takes this information in, Jesus is coming again. How does that hit you, friend? What happens in your heart when you hear that Jesus is coming again? What I want to, what I'm hoping for, my prayer for you, what I'm hoping you'll challenge yourself with this this week and this year is this idea. I should be, I should look forward with anxious anticipation to the coming of Jesus. But sometimes, if we're honest, that can be hard to do. Because sometimes, right, we, we read that Jesus said, you're going to receive power to be my witnesses in the world. The, 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 we, we see, what was he talking about? He was talking about things pertaining to the kingdom. And the disciples are like, hey, is, is it time for the kingdom to be restored to Israel? Jesus says, don't worry about that. Here's what you need to worry about. I'm going to, I'm going to give you power through the Holy Spirit. And you're going to be my witnesses in Judea, Samaria, and, and even to the very ends of the earth. Friends, we have a job to do. We have a mission that we've been given. And so what happens sometimes, the writings of Peter are helpful for this. Sometimes we don't think of ourselves as sojourners, as aliens residing in a place that's not our home. Sometimes 
We're like missionaries that do prison ministry. And, and, and we go to the jail and, and we start to try to minister to those that are there. And, and, and what happens to us sometimes is, is we're, we're in there, we start to look around, we look at the, the three meals a day and maybe we really like tapioca pudding or whatever's on the menu and we, we look at the relative safety of the bars and, and, and we look at the regimented schedule like, ooh, that kind of looks good to me. And we, we can get to be sometimes like people that are sent into a jail to preach the good news of Christ and his kingdom coming and we, we sit down in the jail and, and just get settled there. And make that home. Friends, that's, that's, that's not what we're called to do. We've been called to be in this world, but not of this world. We've been called to be in this world for a purpose. And you might say, I don't feel qualified. I can't, what, what am I supposed to do? I, how am I qualified to preach the good news of the kingdom? I'm so glad you know that you're not. But notice, it even said at the beginning of this passage, that Jesus chose his disciples by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself, the incarnate son of God, relied on the power of the Holy Spirit to do the ministry that the Father sent him to do. And friends, we will be no different. And so yes, none of us are qualified to have the gospel on our lips. None of us are qualified to go as representatives and ambassadors into a world that's broken by sin and preach the good news of the kingdom and encourage people to come and to bow before this king, the only one that can really provide them true hope and lasting peace and immeasurable joy and can show them what love really is. He's the only one. He's the, he, he encompasses what everyone is actually scrambling and looking for. And friends, we've been called to share that with as many people as possible. And we've been empowered by the Spirit of God to do it. And my hope is that you, more than ever, moving into 2022, you'll be looking forward with anxious anticipation to the coming of our King. That you can honestly, genuinely say, Lord, I'm ready for that whenever you're ready. But until that time, I'm gonna do exactly what I was made to do and I was called to do, which is to share with others that they can find hope in this king of mine. Amen. Will you pray with me? Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to help us to continue to reflect on the truths that we read here in Acts today. God, you know and I know I could have easily preached the normal amount of time on these 11 verses. We could have done an hour solid on these, but God, I'm asking that right now by the power of your spirit, you would just, you would stir in us an excitement for what we see here, that this angelic announcement, it would stir anxious anticipation in your people and that we would not be ones that settle into this, this place that we've been sent on mission and, and start to think of it as home. Help us remember that we're passing through. Help us remember we are aliens and sojourners and that there's going to be suffering for a little while because we're in the in-between time. Your kingdom was inaugurated with the gospel accounts and you coming, Lord Jesus, and dying and rising and commissioning your disciples. But it is not consummated. Your kingdom, we don't see the fullness of it yet, but we will. And we're thankful for that truth. Help us live in light of it for your glory, Master. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give or find out more about Love City Church, visit www.mylovecitychurch.org.